0: everybody, to the Lazy Geeks podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network, our weekly news podcast that discuss news that interests us from the past week, and this is for the week of December 11th, 2016. What's up, everybody? I'm Stephen Vargas.
2: I'm Adam Riley.
0: And my voice seems to have come back. Um, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah. So, I'm kind of happy with that. Uh, Adam did, I thought Adam did a good job last week. Um trying to be me even though I mean ah. he really couldn't be me but you know who, all, who can fault him I for trying I me
2: motherfucker <laughs> I wasn't trying to be nobody <laughs> shit uh,
0: so um
2: people uh, were throwing money at me when I came out <laughs>
0: on that <laughs> yeah even B. Arthur asked you out on a date <laughs>
2: she did came back from the
0: grave she was like what's well, like, well, up I heard your podcast I gotta you know I want to thank you for being my friend
2: <laughs> I was like, "Listen, Beatrice. <laughs> That's such an old person name, Beatrice." Oh, know, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man. So if you followed our uh, our uh, Lazy Geeks uh, Facebook page, um, I mentioned quite a bit, or even just followed my Facebook page, um, went to a diehard screening this past weekend at the Vista in um, in L.A. and. Uh, it's from a a group called Nerds Like Us. And what they do is they, uh, you know, show older movies. And for Christmas, they decided to show a 35 millimeter print of
2: Die Hard. Right. And, um, uh, oh, wait a minute. They're showing that old school film reel? Mm hmm. Yeah. See, oh.
0: And it was actually some, they couldn't get a copy on their own, but they actually were loaned a cop uh somebody's 35 millimeter print of that movie. Um first of all, if you've never been to the Vista, it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful theater. I posted pictures of that on my Facebook page. It's oh my god, it's total old school. And you know what pissed me off? And I didn't know this until the next day I just missed um Pamela Horton at the Vista. Mm -hmm. Mmm They had a, uh, I mean, they they had a uh, screening for I guess some movie that her boyfriend wrote, so she was there that night. And when we when Patrick and I came up, there was a lot of people right there, I'm like oh they must be you know showing something before that. And then we just kind of met up with Amador and then just kind of went on went on our way. But um, yeah, I didn't see her. I saw a picture of her with her boyfriend in the lobby of that. I was like oh my god, I go. Fuck me, dude. Uh,
2: but yeah, life you is fucked cruel.
0: up. Life is fucking cruel. It is. It really is. What you didn't do with
2: her boyfriend? There, you gonna whoop his ass or what? Shit. I don't Straight to do fucking do to the dome piece, motherfucker. Uh,
0: I just come. I just come sm- sm- scooting right between them. And go sup, girl.
2: They start <laughs> singing that song. Mister, steal your girl. Oh. <laughs> He's smooth as fuck. <laughs> uh,
0: but um it's, like it's it's on this really weird corner on like Western and Vermont and like sunset. And you know, it's like old school, like you know, box office right in the middle, two side doors. Right. You walk in, right there's the concession stand, and then inside, like it's fucking um it's fucking beautiful. And like each row is basically two rows wide. So like you can sit in the chair with your feet stretched out and there's still room for people to pass in front of you. So really, really nice place. If you guys haven't been there, you need to go there. But they were picking a slate of movies for next year. One of them is going to be the original Tron. They're going to they're gonna show that. Yeah. And Fifth Element.
2: Oh, I'd fucking see that. Yeah. Happy.
0: We were like, oh, fuck. Pat and I look at each other we're like we're so there. And then they're like, they're trying to work on getting a print. Um, of Blade Runner, 35 millimeter. Nice. I was like, oh shit, I definitely want to see that. And the reason you, I would go to see these is because some of these movies, it's been a long time, like Die Hard, long, long, long time since I ever saw it on the big screen. Like Patrick never yeah. saw it on the big screen. He saw it on VHS
2: well, that yeah. was like when we went to. Um, Back to the future. We saw Back to the future. I had never seen that on the big screen because I, I wasn't born.
0: Yeah. Anyway. So it, it, that was cool. It's one of those where it's like, it's a di- totally different experience. And then, of course, yeah. when you're seeing it with a bunch of people who, you know, love the movie as much as, you know, you do, uh, you know, people cheered when Alan Rickman's character came in. The greatest part of that whole thing is like when Alan Rickman falls out of the building, you know, falls out and I can tell Nakatomi, somebody yelled out, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> i was like yes it is now official." and then you're
2: processed. more you're more forgiving of people like yelling out and stuff because you've all seen the fucking movie, right you know what i mean you've all seen the movie i hate when they know, people do that when i haven't seen it
0: and you know the ref- the references you know that they're they're doing and shit like that i mean even the fucking um the news reporter gets a cheer you know <laughs> when, when he shows up um <laughs> but yeah it was it was awesome it was a lot of fun before that though so um, the movie was supposed to start at midnight, and I, uh, you've heard me talk about Amador on the podcast, who usually leaves us, you know, notes and stuff like that. So we met up with him, and with Patrick, and friend of the show, and we decided to go down the street to go get go get a drink. So to get a get a drink, so we're walking down, and you know, we decided to go into <laughs> we decided to go into this bar called Akbar, which has a bit of a alternate lifestyle type of um, vibe to it. Um, But so we go in there and we're like, you know, we get a couple of drinks and then we're hanging out. And because of the of the premiere that happened, it was getting packed in there. So we found this one spot where we were talking, but there was too many people kind of walking through us. So we ended up moving over near near the jukebox. (coughs) So we're standing there and we're talking And then Patrick goes to buy the second round and as Amador and I are standing there talking this weird older guy shows up. You know. Now, I'm going to say this right now. This story could have some embellishments in it and might not have possibly happened the way I perceived it to happen, but it happened exactly this way. Um, (laughs) So... You know, he had like a t-shirt and like a leather vest on. And he was standing like kind of awkwardly close to us, but like looking and like I guess trying to make eye contact with somebody or something. And like Amador and I do the quick, you know, how you're looking at each other, but you kind of do that quick eye glance to like yeah. the fuck is this dude? And um, you know, and then Patrick comes back and um has the drinks. And then the guy leans in and is like,
2: You guys like
0: popular music? And we're like, um, yeah, I mean some of it he's like, Yeah, and he starts pointing at the jukebox, he's like, This place doesn't have, this place doesn't play like some of that stuff. Like they don't play no Kanye or no Beyoncé and God, no fucking Taylor Swift. And he starts talking about eighties music and and Amador and Patrick are kinda like, Okay, you know, yeah, you know. He's like, Yeah, the pet shop boys, like You know, he goes, they don't, but I don't think they have that here, you know, like West End girls. And like when he first started talking to us, it was like there's me on one end, Amador in the middle, and then Patrick on the other end. And it's kind of towards all three of us. As he continues this conversation, suddenly he kind of turns away from me, and then it's Amador and Patrick. And then as he keeps talking, then suddenly he kind of turns away from Amador and like focuses in on Patrick. And he's like (laughs) completely talking to Patrick, like kind of getting close to Patrick (laughs) and we're, Amador looks at me with his eyes kind of big and I'm doing that swig on my beer. Like I'm not even drinking my beer. I'm just smiling, but I put in the beer up to my lips to kind of hide the fact that I'm smiling. And Amador (laughs) looks at me and then looks at the, at the, uh, jukebox and is like, Oh, look, if I press buttons, it does stuff. Look at that! Look what happens when you press buttons on this jukebox. <laughs> Look what it does. <laughs> and then Patrick's like, "Oh my god, what the hell?" And we were just kind of, we were just busted up because this guy was like, kind of, kind of trying a little hard on Patrick. And then eventually, was. yeah, Ugh. you know. And then, then after, he's like, and then he kind of sees someone else, so he kind of moves off. And then we were like, "What the fuck was that? <laughs> like, what the hell just happened?" And we were cracking up. Like that was like. I kept so the rest of the night we were just like talking and we're like, hey, and like randomly, like, hey, you like that popular music? So like that's like, oh my god, that's so our pickup line now.
2: I well, it's it? also weird, a weird entry too. Do you like popular music? And then you you he happens to be talking <laughs> to people that don't really, and then and then he goes instantly goes, yeah, it's all shit. And I'm like, what if what if he asked you that question? You're like, yeah, I love it right (laughs) what was he gonna say like it was your music taste is fucking trash he flips the table we
0: were we were cracking up because i was like later i was like going well you know if he kind of started to get a little touchy-feely with patrick amador and i would have you know we would have stepped in you know after about you know a while until we were like okay okay Patrick's had enough come on come on right. you know
2: <laughs> after you see that Patrick is fully satisfied and <laughs> right. you'll step in actually
0: not even him maybe the other guy we're like, oh, he seems satisfied okay okay Listen. Patrick's had enough Patrick's you gotta get
2: it where you can get it. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ain't knocking the dude's hustle. It was just a little, it was just a little. Or weird. Patrick <laughs> was he
2: just the closest one? So the guy just gave up on the two of you. I guess
0: you know, I don't or know. he was
2: being the nicest or something like that. Well,
0: I mean, I guess you know, like, I guess he and I were about the same height. Amador was a little taller, and then Patrick's a little shorter. So maybe he just thought, oh, he's kind of small and compact. You know.
2: You know, yeah, and that was the wrong assessment because <laughs> out of all the you two lunkheads at that fucking table, Patrick would not sass out. <laughs> you guys are funny. I wish I was ever a like, popular music. What the fuck? I'd be like, I, I jam Taylor Swift, motherfucker. Trying to say, <laughs> listen, I stay out too late and just start singing. <laughs> 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 It's just
1: my fucking jam what you got <laughs> I
0: know. oh man but uh it was funny and i was like on oh, this place is aptly named the act Bar because it's a trap <laughs>
2: oh jesus uh but and, was, you know it was funny that you mentioned theaters too because I, I don't remember if i told you but when i saw suicide squad i went with a buddy of mine and uh he took me to this one that's on mill avenue which is in uh it's in, down. it's like in downtown Tempe, which is where ASU is. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, I guess you could say the happening place. I don't know. It's like a strip of place that has bars and different shops and stuff. And it's this theater I'd never been to. And it had like lazy boy recliners. Oh yeah. And they were, they were separated. Like there was like groupings of two of them and then they would be separate. Tons of leg space you could recline all the way back. I was like, "Ooh, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> this is some next level shit." So now I don't want to go to any other theater. Know. <laughs>
0: you know, there's um I know the fall work has gotten that way, you know, where it's just like you kind of got these like it's cool if you go with like, you know, a date or something like that cuz you got these bucket seats that have a, yeah. that armrest in the middle, but you can raise up the arm and turn it into like Yeah, that's a little, how it was. Yeah. yeah we just did not like, raise the arm up. Well, I mean, you know, hey, to each their own. I'm not right. judging here, you know. Whatever you guys do is what you guys do. I don't. We care.
2: Might have, we might have lifted it up a
0: little <laughs> bit. You know? I mean, you know, <laughs> it got to that like that tender moment with the Joker and and and, and Harley. So we kind of like you know, kind of snuggled up a little bit because you know, because it was that tender moment. I um, mean,
2: no homo. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, no homo. That's too bad. <laughs> uh, But you know, I mean, it it was it, yeah. Those like those theaters are awesome with those and. Now it's like, you know, it's like, oh, are they playing that at Fallbrook? Yeah, okay, well, cool, we're going there. Because even it's a little more out of the way, it's still, like, a lot nicer to go to, plus, you know, reserved seating. But, you know, that the cool thing with, like, this little theater, I mean, this is, like, a theater that was built in, like, probably, like, the 40s or 50s, you know? Um, it was just, everything was so kept up. All the seats were newer. So there was still the fold-out, you know, the, the traditional fold-out, but you actually had room to sit. It wasn't like those ones where it's, like, Oh, I can't, I can't, you know, stretch my legs out because then I'm gonna be like in the crotch of the person in front of me, you know. So, but it was it was like it was amazingly cool like to to go to that and um, so I, I, I have to, I do have to tell people if you're like I want to go back to that theater again. Like that was really right. cool to watch something vintage like that. But the, um, oh, one thing I wanted to say about the movie though was yeah, it was a 35 millimeter. So we're watching this and. So you're seeing the little pops and the little scratches on the film. I miss and, those. And the graininess about it. Even if you guys have watched um Fight Club, you know what you know what I mean when you you when they say the cigarette burns. Yeah. You know, that's when the real switches, so you see that little like dot in the top corner. Yeah, you see those and I would, like Patrick and I were like, "Oh my god. Like you miss that so much when you're watching Blu-rays and digital copies." Or if you wait like
2: you wait long enough until after everything and you'll hear it go Yeah. That's old school shit. Like they, that none it, nothing's like that anymore. No, no, not at all.
0: The cool thing about this print though is it had a trailer for Die Hard Two at the opening.
2: Eh, for real. Yeah.
0: That's funny. I mean just
2: in case you might want to catch it next summer, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean? you know
0: that that's I know, that's what I was like, you know, I was like going, Oh yeah, Die Hard Two, that would be cool. Yeah. In case you forgot that happened, you know. <laughs>
2: They're gonna make a sequel already. <laughs>
0: like, Damn, these guys have such foresight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! So it seems that uh, 2016 took took out someone else, huh?
2: So yeah, so John Glenn passed away, and the only—I mean, well, there's many reasons why I would read this, but I'm one. It's a cool, it's a really good article. It lists his achievements, and I thought it was written very well. Then also, two is this is one of those cases where someone actually important passed away. And no one cares. Yeah. And it, it's like I told, um well, not no one, but general public. um You wouldn't
0: see it. You wouldn't see it uh, trending on Twitter.
2: Exactly. Like I told, um I told Steve before the podcast, I said, you know, if Kim Kardashian died today, there'd be a candlelight vigil, you know, because she's so fucking important. Right. You know what I mean? So I was just going to read this article, you know, and, and you know, just in case people didn't know, because it's some young cats. They might not know who Joglin is or whatever. Right. Um, <coughs> I had a frog in my throat for like two days. Um, John, stop it. This is serious. Um, John Glenn, the first American to orbit the Earth, has died. He was 95 years old. Glenn was a fighter pilot in World War II and the Korean War. He became an astronaut in 1959 at the age of 37, one of NASA's original Mercury Seven. In 1962. Glenn became the first American to orbit the Earth as part of NASA's Friendship 7 mission. Glenn, who was a a Marine Corps officer during his time with NASA, retired from the Corps in 1965. In 1974, he was elected to the United States Senate, where he represented the people of Ohio. On his historic Friendship 7 mission, Glenn orbited three times before returning to Earth. Almost one year after Soviet cosmonaut Yuri Gargan um, became the first human to circumnavigate the globe from space. In 1998, Glenn returned to space as a payload specialist on board the space shuttle Discovery. And at 77 years old, he became the oldest person to visit space. A person looking into the sky in 1950 saw only that which had been there for billions of years. Today, thousands of man made objects fly the sky those early space explorers forever changed the dark canopy of night. While we still gaze upon the star with wonder, humanity's reach into space is something we almost take for granted. We know of and benefit directly from the thousands of satellites and scientific works done beyond the reaches of Earth's gravity. But just past the midpoint of the 20th century, space exploration was a race between two superpowers with radically radically disparate views, on the future of humanity, the pioneers of space travel touched the heavens without any knowledge of what might touch back, and their brave work and sometimes sacrifices helped pave the way for the technical marvels of communication and science we all enjoy today as part of our lives. So, John Glenn, that's real American hero shit. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. And it's
0: that part is, is that you know most people don't recognize him or his name, you know. Or the importance of him. It's like, well, he's the reason we made it to the moon. Like, well, you have to have that first person to make those steps. And that was him. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, yeah, 95, he had a full life. So it's not like, you know, he.
2: Yeah, he didn't die. He didn't die of some like cancer and some tragedy or too young. I mean, he had a nice full life and he deserved it, you know, but it's just. It's still one of those
0: that you're just like, oh man, it's a legend right. past. And for most of you, you probably could give a shit. But for those of you that, you know, are into like the space program or just generally intelligent, um, you know, this 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 is something, you know. And it was one of those where I was like, "Oh fuck," you know, when I when I read that, and I was just like, "And I figured, of anything, you would pick that up for the show." Like I kind of figured you would. Yeah. You would definitely pull on. This. Well,
2: I've been I've been crazy about space exploration since I was a little kid. Yeah. You know, and I I knew who this person was when I was six. Yeah you know so it's it's um you know it, yeah i guess when i read it i wasn't because he is 95 right. so it's easier to it's easier to take at yeah. that point you know what i mean but right. i was kind of like damn and i and what made me think about no one cared is is i i told a few people at work and they were like who yeah and you know i don't hate them for that but that's just how culture i is. just wish like they died our, <laughs> Right, you know, I just <laughs> murdered them in their fucking sleep. No, but that's how society is nowadays. It's right. it's the Twitter generation. They're, they they don't care unless it's flashy and it's happening right now. Yeah. Um, but I want to give a shout out because I, I like that little bit at the end. of This article <laughs> uh, it was written by Seth Macy. Um, that was a good article. And yeah, he's on Twitter at Seth Macy. Um, you know, and he's got a YouTube channel and shit. Uh, but yeah, real good, nice respect. To a great man who will be missed. He was dope. I remember when they um, I remember when he went up in the space shuttle. It was like a yeah. big deal.
0: Yeah, because he was Because wasn't he like the oldest to go back? Yeah, he was to seventy-seven. Yeah. I remember
2: because I was in high school. Yeah, nineteen ninety-eight.
0: I, re- I remember like going, man yeah, beast mode there." You know, I was like, oh, "I'm going back." You know, and even
2: and even back then, no one knew who the fuck he was, <laughs> and I was the only one. I'm like, "Oh my fucking John Glenn about to go back up," and they were like, "Who's John Glenn?" I'm like. He's the first American to circle the earth You fucking moron <laughs> Nobody
0: then, then, then That was the last thing They heard before That you snapped their neck Damn right <laughs>
2: There were five left dead That day <laughs> No <laughs>
0: Actually six um, <laughs> Right um, Yeah So uh, On the The other show We do this the, This week That's coming out um, The Cheap Seeds We talked about Like our Christmas movies And um they're uh, out here. I don't, I don't know how it is over there in Arizona, but out here, a lot of theaters are doing a lot of those, you know, Christmas one-offs. Like, oh yeah, special screening of you know, uh, of, of Die Hard, or special screening of
2: A Christmas Story, or they've actually just the last few years started doing that in, uh, in Arizona.
0: Oh nice!
2: And... Like they have they have the like Star Wars. First fucking Star Wars movie playing on Saturday or something. And then AMC has these things where it's I think it's once a month or maybe oh, twice yeah. a month. They'll have That's and like, it's real cheap. It's like four bucks. And yeah. you can go see they'll play like old kids movies or old um just old school movies. Right. You know, and, and, and you can go check them out.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a theater out here in LA, which is where And I thought this was kinda of fitting. And the end of year going go into that is the Egyptian And it's just off of Hollywood and Highland. And I went there beginning of the year. It was right around New Year's weekend. Patrick and I went and saw the Indiana Jones trilogy there. Um, And uh, because that's what we call it, the trilogy. Um, And uh, we uh, and we were looking for somebody that was showing a double feature of, of Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. And there is one that's doing it out in Santa Monica this year. On the 23rd, but it was just like, fuck, I don't, you know, a couple of people couldn't go. So it was just kind of like, oh, well. And, but I ended up looking at the Egyptian and the Egyptian is doing a, on the 23rd. Um, it's a wonderful life on the big screen. Right. And I know you had said that you're over that. And, you know, I was like, it's a good movie. It's a good I've just movie, seen but it a million times. Yeah. And it was one of those where I was like, you know what, that would be cool because I've never seen it on the big screen. And I, think I love that, the
2: history of that movie.
0: Oh, yeah. The history of that movie is yeah. amazing. But it's just like it was one of those where I was like, you know, I've never seen it on the big screen. And I think that's one going to be one of my things. I I think I'm going to over the next year, I'm going to start going to a lot more of those because, you know, there's some that I don't remember seeing on the big screen or haven't seen on the big screen. And I think it's a totally different experience. Plus, at the time, you know, you're going with fans. So you're going with people that know you know that know it, and and I've done a couple over the last couple of years, like Jaws and The Breakfast Club and the Back to the Future Day. So you're hearing, you know, the fans talking and and Airplane and, and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, I think I'm going to start doing more of those. And um, so yeah, so I'm going to go over there on the 23rd, and um, and I'm actually off that day of work. So I thought that'll be kind of cool to go, like you know, day before Christmas Eve, kind of catch a kind of catch that movie. So I'm gonna do I that. I saw
2: the um, I was actually surprised to see it in Arizona. See, Arizona's become Arizona, the Phoenix area for is is a weird thing where it's it's constantly growing at a rapid rate.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so every time I turn around, something new's going on. Uh, but I actually saw—I think it was two years ago—I saw the Doctor Who Christmas special. Oh yeah! In the theater, they played it in the theater, and my wife uh, surprised me with tickets. That was fun. Oh, that's cool. That was uh, Matt Smith. One of his Christmas specials. Oh, nice. I think it was, I think it might've been farther than two years. It might be three. But yeah, it was, it was good.
0: All right. So on that, I guess we can go into our one awesome thing. So my one awesome thing this week, the trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming. (laughs) Oh my God. Um,
2: That looks so good, dude.
0: I it made me really excited for this movie cuz I was already excited cuz it was Marvel's like finally Marvel's attempt at doing Spider-Man. Um and it looks so good. Like yeah. It, it really does. I mean that whole scene of like, "Hey guys, you wait a minute, you're not the real Avengers." You know Hulk who gave the, it away? Hulk gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, we get that. You know, we get that sh- the the talking too much Spider-Man." You know, which we kind of got teased with in Civil War of like because when he's fighting with um uh what's his name uh sam wilson and he's like you know there's usually not a lot of talking when we're fighting oh sorry (laughs) and uh and just the awkwardness of him in school which i think is kind of cool like is that a new sweater no I think we probably shouldn't keep staring it's gonna be a little weird too late (laughs) and the girl's like you guys are losers
2: (laughs) and then yeah that's the chick that um Everyone said it was going to be Mary Jane, and they were all pissed off because she wasn't white with red hair.
0: Yeah, but apparently it's not going to be Mary Jane from what I've been gathering.
2: Even if she was Mary Jane, fucking cares. Yeah.
0: Um, and then of course you know, I, and I kind of like it too because it seems to kind of be pulling a little bit of a parallel from like the Ultimate Spider-Man books, where Tony Stark is like, you know, you're not ready. We know you want right. to do this, but you got to stay in school because you're not ready. You know, and I love his little moment. You know, don't do anything I would do, and don't do anything I wouldn't do. So there's that little gray area that you're in, right? <laughs> you know, it's like so
2: basically it, it it completely sets the trailer completely sets the movie up as Spider-Man trying to prove himself, right? Um, as a hero, and then the um the villain oh. is just so dope, Vulture, Vulture and it's Michael and it's Keaton, Michael motherfucking Keaton. Dude. I was like
0: I was like fuck, Batman, Birdman, now the Vulture. I'm like what the Anytime fuck? Anytime
2: Michael Keaton's in a movie, I want to see it.
0: There that new movie he's got coming out, um The Founder, which is supposed to be the life story of Ray Kroc, the guy who did McDonald's. He mm-hmm. plays Ray Kroc. And oh, I've, I I've, see that. I've seen trailers for I've seen little things on it. It looks really good and um my friend uh, my friend Peter saw it, a uh, screening of it already. He says it's great. Like Michael Keaton is really fucking good, and that's one guy who I think he gets shortchanged a
2: lot. Yeah, he does. He he, he doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, but I think um, I haven't seen that Birdman yet. I want to see it. It's weird. It was it,
0: It's it's really kind of a weird movie. But he's
2: great. it's one of those where you don't know if he really was or wasn't like that kind of flick. That's what yeah. people are telling him.
0: Yeah, it, it's really that. But like, he's great. Ed Norton's great in it. Emma Stone. Um, a lot all, all, everybody's performances are great but Michael Keaton is amazing in that um, but yeah the the trailer looked amazing I've seen it like a dozen times now and um, they treat me like a kid you are a kid <laughs> right um, so yeah so and then that last shot Spider-Man and Iron Man
2: I was like oh that's fuck that's pulled directly from a comic cover too yeah
0: yeah I know I was like, like oh fuck me dude that's so awesome so I'm I'm so excited for that. Now I'm even more excited than I was before, if that's possible. It's gonna be
2: it's gonna be dope. Yeah. So another thing that was I thought was pretty dope, and I think I shared. I remember a while ago my my uh, my one awesome thing was the they put the soundtrack of um, Luke Cage yeah on vinyl, and it was yellow, and it was I was like, yeah, fucking vinyl, that's dope. Well they did it again but they did it with the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time soundtrack. Yeah, so I saw that new, this week. Newly recorded by a 64-piece orchestra.
0: <laughs> newly recorded by a sixty-four-year-old man. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> recorded um, by a sixty-four-year-old
2: man. <laughs> pre-orders went live today, and yes, I am paying attention to the release time of this podcast. <laughs> um, it's being released by I Am Eight Bit. Uh, I Am Eight Bit has announced that uh, Koji Kondo's Koji Kondo's um, Ocarina of Time score will be available for pre-order for forty dollars on the company's website. Beginning December 9th at ten a.m. Uh, Pacific, one p.m. Eastern, six p.m. GMT, four a.m. AEST. What's AEST? Mm. The fuck. Um. The cover is dope. It's everything is dope about this. And it's like two vinyls too, and one one is green, one's purple, and that has different obviously double sided. Right. And the way it numbers the sides is it's a hot container. So the fir- the first one, the first side is just a full just one corner of the hot container is full. And the second one's two two corners. Ugh, <laughs> dude
1: it's so sick.
2: Yeah, I saw um, that earlier this week and I was
0: like, oh man. I immediately thought of you. I was like oh Adam whats this just...
2: like I if you there there's an orchestra that did the um the Legend of Zelda the main theme, mm. and I forget I forget the name of the orchestra, but I have it on my phone. It's always on my phone. It's always in a playlist or something. And if that comes on, like I just I well up with nostalgic emotion. Like I'm just like oh my god, yeah. it's the fucking Zelda theme. <laughs> like it's just so fucking dope, dude. Like I would love to have this. I want to get a record player. And just get all these all this shit. I know, right. I know. It the, the, would sound so good. The
0: more that they are doing this, the more I'm like... And, I, you know, I used to listen to records when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, I would have kind of like to listen to that shit again.
2: Oh, they should release it on an A-track, too. <laughs> just to be different.
0: Dual cassette deck,
2: you know? Right. <laughs> I um, mean, and the cool thing about records, they'll last forever if you take care of them.
0: Right. Just, that means don't leave them in a hot car.
2: <laughs> right. Melted.
0: Yeah, or warped.
2: Then it's (laughs) avant-garde. There you
0: go. All right. That's it. It was cool. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. On that note, let's dip into the headlines. (music) For those who maintained a cable subscription, one of the many annoying aspects is that sometimes channels have streaming apps you can't use despite being a paying customer. Over the years, Comcast has decided that it's not going to allow customers to use whatever channel apps on one platform or another. But now the PlayStation 4 is off that list. According to a tweet, Comcast owners with Comcast subscriptions can finally log in and use the Watch ESPN and HBO Go apps on their gaming console. As usual, there's no explanation as to why it took so long. HBO Go launched on the PS4 in May of 2015. ESPN just arrived in September. Even Roku scored Comcast support for HBO streaming back in 2014. Now Comcast is one of the notable holdouts for the Apple TV single sign-on scheme. Whatever the reason, it it's resolved in this case. So it's time to catch up on the Westworld.
2: I've actually never seen Westworld.
0: I haven't either. I was waiting till the series was done before so i can binge it on hbo go but i have known for a long time like comcast was one of those that i was like oh you want to you want to do that yeah fuck you
2: yeah but i think i think i'm gonna wait for it done to be done too <laughs> then i'm gonna get hbo go and then binge everything and then cancel it <laughs> there you go i think that's the smartest thing to do right have a month of watching nothing but hbo shows
0: Yeah, I mean, it's cool because it's like, you know, one, the one thing that I like about HBO Go, or HBO um, on their app, because I have HBO Go, it's not the pain one, Um, it's the one because I have HBO, but um, I like it because they have all their original movies and all their series, regardless of how old it is, so it's kind of like always there, so you can see, like, I have Sopranos, the Sopranos, or Deadwood, or, you know, Entourage and all of those types of stuff And it carries every movie that's That's playing on their um, On their channels so Entourage was
2: a good show You yeah. know you know what's one of my favorite um, Shows from one of the the, um, the premium channels or whatever That I know a lot of people haven't seen mm-hmm. Is that uh, what was it called That David Duchovny show where he's a writer
0: Californication
2: That's a good fucking show
0: I've heard it's a good show I never got, it's a I never really got into show. it
2: but I watched that whole fucking thing like it was so good. Mm. I think I didn't see the last season, actually. But man, it was good. Yeah, I saw whatever was on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really good. I really I like Dave Ducovny. He's funny. And the uh the chick he was hooking up with was hot. And that always helps.
0: Yeah, it always, you know? it's always nice when
2: they're easy on the ice. Right. So uh this is almost like a like a like, we're we're moving back, and I'm giving you a new update because I we spoke about this in a like I think two months ago or something something like that. Yeah. R, R L Stein, the author of Goosebumps, one of the greatest books ever written for children. <laughs> Let's keep it real. I was one of those kids that had tons of Goosebump books all organized on a bookshelf.
0: Actually, it was over home. a month ago. It was over a month ago. I'm looking back on the show like, notes. Okay.
2: It was November. Glad you did that because I wasn't going to. Um, <laughs> so I he, that since we, I wasn't
0: going to listen to you read your article, I was just going to look back. <laughs>
2: oh, so okay. He's shit. I got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Earl's time perhaps. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I finally know what he's going to be doing at Marvel. He's <laughs> going to be um, writing Marvel's man thing. I was surprised. I was too. But then I'm surprised. But then I'm like, you know what? I can see it. Yeah, you know what I mean, because it's it's a it's a monster, yeah. You know, and that's what he writes about. Um, the run, which begin begins at match, will span five issues. Uh, why five? Like make six issues. Make it an even I, number. I don't make it an even number. Like, just stop. That bugs me. Um, Stein told the New York Times well, working see, on comics. what com- had happened was
0: is the way our bank account right. works.
2: All right, you know the New York Times. Uh, he was oh shit. Stein told the New York Times working on comics. Has been a lifelong dream Quote My first ambition Was to be a comic book artist Unquote Um, Covers for the new series Done by horror comic artist Tyler Crook Will be inspired by Classic horror comics Of the 1950s Stein told the Times He's a big fan Of those old books I think they've Been a major influence In everything I've done Since he said Um, And I'm looking At the cover And it does look Very 1950s Yeah and it's kind of cool because cool it, yeah. it's got Man-Thing. And then it looks like there's a city behind – he's in the woods. But there's a city behind him that's like it's burning. And it, it looks like the Hollywood sign. But instead of saying Hollywood, it says those who know fear.
0: Yeah.
2: Ugh. Stein was given a choice between several different Marvel characters. But his love for swamp creatures led him to take up the Man-Thing writing mantle. Yeah. Stein hopes to blend horror with a touch of comedy, telling the times it's what I try to do in, in my books. One big change coming under Stein's writing, Man-Thing will be able to speak, although although he 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 be very sarcastic. I think somebody was either being ratchet or fucked up. Um, Stein <laughs> said...
0: acting brand new today. <laughs>
2: right. The match release date puts the new Man-Thing series in the same time frame as Marvel... As Marvel launches its new X Men Resurrection banner, um, oh yeah, the, I'm I'm kind of excited about that. I might check that out. the the X Men Resurrection thing coming up. Oh yeah, I was reading about that the other day.
0: Because um, yeah, they're starting their X Men versus Inhumans line, and I think that's right after that.
2: Yeah, I, I having Man things speak is going to be odd, because he's never spoken. Yeah, we say he doesn't really a, speak much. Right. He's like one of the to, to silent check out, types. Yeah, I used to check out. Uh, man thing a little bit when i was a kid yeah i like the horror books the horror books are usually pretty fun it's like i don't like the ones that are over gory yeah because those aren't scary that's just bullshit you're just grossing me out but um yeah man thing was just you know your typical uh old school monster you know just dope i wonder what his other choices were that's what's bugging me (laughs) they gave him a choice you know the world uh
0: the the world that could have been
2: You could have (laughs) wrote Spider-Man, Moon Knight, or something stupid.
0: (laughs) Howard the Duck. Oh, fuck. (laughs) That would have been great. Oh, man. All right. So, this week, The Verge is reporting that Verizon will not be releasing the just announced Galaxy Note 7 software update designed to stop the recalled smartphone from charging. In a statement, the leading U.S. mobile carrier attributed the decision to concerns over safety for customers who might not have another mobile phone to use after the Note 7 is crippled. Quote, Verizon will not be taking part in this update because of the added risk that it could pose to Galaxy Note 7 users that did not have another device to switch to, the company's statement reads. We will not push the software upgrade that will eliminate the ability for the Note 7 to work on uh, as a mobile device in the heart of the holiday season. We do not want to make it impossible to contact family first responders or medical professionals in an emergency situation. The Galaxy Note 7 remains banned on airlines by the FAA and is prohibited from being used on many other public transportation, um, transit services in the United States as well. The Verizon seems to... it's already done an effective job communicating the recall to consumers alongside Samsung, but the carrier believes that the update is a step too far, even for a phone that is a real fire hazard. The Verge is reaching out to other US providers to see whether they plan to roll out um, Samsung's update for the remaining Note 7 customers. Sprint has announced that it will wait until January 8th to release the Note 7 update, after the holiday season has concluded, AT&T is doing the same thing, but launching a few days, um, launching a few days update on January fifth. Quote: "The battery will no longer recharge." The company confirmed in a statement. This Note Seven was recalled and is banned on all flights in both car- checked and carry-on luggage. Samsung said the update would take thirty days to roll out across carriers, so AT&T and Sprint are holding till the end of that time frame, whereas Verizon is outright rejecting it now. T-Mobile will release the Note 7 update earlier on December 27th, so after the Christmas holiday, but before New Year's. Quote, we always want to do the right thing and make sure our customers are safe. So on December 27th, we will roll out Samsung's latest software update, which is designed to stop all remaining Note 7 devices from charging. This device will, will were recalled by the Consumer Product Safety Commission on October 13th and should no longer be used. Um, <clears throat> I'm 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 annoyed with the fact that Verizon is saying that oh well they might ha- not have another phone to turn to they have options yeah they could go get a replacement they can get a replacement phone I I I honestly think
2: that wasn't well, it isn't Samsung given they're given uh the regular Galaxy sevens to people for free yeah the
0: either the Edge or the regular seven. Or they want to get another another device entirely. And yeah
2: Samsung Samsung's hooking it up. like it's right. not like and, oh, we'll we'll take it off your hands and we'll give you a 10% discount. Like right. it's not bullshit.
0: right. And the, the, my problem with this is that Verizon is placating to those people that just don't want to do it. I haven't had a problem yet. okay, so when it does blow up, there should be a legality clause of saying, okay, if this does if you do use this, you cannot sue Samsung. Because the device was recalled.
2: Oh, I think it should go. I think think it should go a step further. If if you have if you're still one of those fucking morons who has a Note Seven, and it blows up and it whatever happens, you should be charged as if you started a fire in a public place. Yeah, if it happened in a public place, because
0: you're knowingly carrying a device that is that could have the ability. To- you're
2: you're walking around with a bomb in your right. pocket, basically.
0: Right, and you cannot. You cannot sue Samsung. You could sue Verizon because Verizon is willingly not throwing it out there. So you could sue Verizon for it. Um, but I would say you can't sue Samsung because Samsung recalled the device. It was Verizon's decision to let the idiots continue using that device. Um, so I, I think that everybody should lose out. And and I'm sorry, but if you're going well, to, I have everything on my phone. Fuck you. You've had other devices before that. So
2: shut the Not fuck only off. that, too. I get tired when I was working at Best Buy, people would come in and go, oh, my phone broke, but I have all my stuff on it. Why do you not know how to back up your shit? Right. Like, I'm so sick and tired of people getting something and then not even learning basic functionality of it. Right. Like, I mean, that's your own fucking fault. That ain't my fault.
0: I mean, you know, they, you know like, Verizon has um, – and even Google has that, too, where if you're using an Android device, you can fucking back up your contacts on Google. You can – Use cloud services to back up your pictures and stuff like that. There is no reason not to.
2: Yeah, I use OneDrive for my pictures.
0: Yeah, same here. I use OneDrive for all my pictures. And, um, you know, it's like you know, I back up my, you know, my um, my contact list. So it's not impossible
2: to do. But some people don't want to put their personal information in their pictures because the government's going to look through their fucking Christmas holiday photos
0: Hey, if you have dick pics and it's going up to the cloud, that's your own damn fault. And even so, if I had
2: dick pics on the cloud, look at them. I don't fucking care. You'll be impressed. Like, that's that's (laughs) right. I got that panoramic camera. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Um, No, I was talking to somebody about that at work, but he was like, I don't use cloud services. I go, why? And he's like, well, they could see. I'm like, well, I'm not saying put your security number on them, but why don't you use them to store your pictures and stuff? Because if your phone dies, you'll have them. You know, he's like, well, people get to look at that. I'm like, you have to put things into perspective. Yeah. You are one of billions of people on the fucking planet. Why would anyone give a flying fuck about your holiday photos? Well, yeah, I mean, it goes into that. How fucking important are you? Like, like people, people like that sound like they're schizophrenic. Yeah. Like I have, I have a buddy, and no disrespect to him. He is schizophrenic. He's diagnosed, He takes meds for it. And when he stops taking his meds, he does shit like that, where he's like, well, I can't use my phone because they're listening in on all the calls. And I'll always tell him, why do you think you are so important?
1: Hmm. This
2: I used to tell him that before we knew he was schizophrenic, because unfortunately, that's what schizophrenics do. They think they're so fucking important (laughs) that everyone's watching them. You know, a rational human being should be able to know that they are just a cog in the wheel and no Hmm. one fucking cares. I put all my shit up on the fucking OneDrive. Yeah. And I just reset my phone because so my phone was acting funny. And the cool thing is, is I just hit reset. I don't even have to fucking worry about it. Yeah. You know? There's one phone number that wasn't synced. And that was my wife's new cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I got I got shit because she called and I didn't answer. <laughs> so who the fuck is this?
0: <laughs> nice. I just bitch off my phone. Yeah. Yeah. This bitch calling me. I know where where you are, Craig.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, so... (sighs) With Justice League wrapping production, the schedule's June 14th, 2019 release date has been reportedly pushed back to make way for Ben Affleck's standalone Batman film. According to The Hollywood Reporter, there's no official word yet as to when exactly the sequel will, will now be released in the meantime, Justice League director Zack Snyder will focus his attention on making his long just gest- gestating thriller the last photograph. Snyder is eyeing a 2017 release date for the movie, which will be on a much smaller scale compared to the last couple of superhero movies Snyder's has made Snyder has made. But the director still intends to come back to helm Justice League two. That depends on how Justice League One pans out, Snyder, mm. to calm it down. Um, Snyder confirmed in June that Justice League will not be a two-pot movie after all, which is a good thing. The last update on a possible release date for Affleck's Batman film has earlier was earlier this year in late September, when Time Warner CEO Jeff ba- Box, Bockeys or whatever, revealed it might be a year and a half out. The movie will feature Deathstroke, uh, Joe Mang Gen Mang. Mang- Manganiello? Sure. Sure. As the main villain and will simply be called the Batman. Yeah, that's <laughs> dope. Um, first Justice League movie will hit theaters November 17, 2017. Um, oh, wait. Game of Thrones star. C- Saran Hines will play the movie's villain, Stefan Wolf. I'm so happy they picked that kind of villain for this movie coming up. It's a villain not everybody knows about. Right. So there's a little bit more of a who the fuck is that? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I'm actually happy with this because I feel one of the main concerns people are having in general with the DC movie universe is things feel very rushed. Yeah. And and I know they want to get that Justice League movie out, fine. But we don't need to be Justice League Two. We're already talking about Justice League Two. Justice League One haven't even come out yet. Yeah. Let's get a solo Batman movie in there. I think that's more important after. I I honestly think the solo Batman we should have before Justice League, but obviously those wheels are already turning. You know, oh, yeah, but I mean,
0: we get our solo Aquaman movie after that. So, you know.
2: Yeah, so it's I cuz I'm I'm super excited for that solo Batman. Movie because I know Ben Affleck ain't fucking around. Now. So yeah. I really want to see what he's going to bring to the table. Like, okay, Snyder's a director. You know, is gonna step in a lot. Like, right. No, No. He, he's got the star power where he can demand shit. He's he's an accomplished director. He won awards for that one movie. What was that movie? Argo. Yeah, Argo. And you know he's from Boston. He'll play games. All right. He'll <laughs> tell everybody to fucking step in line. Right. I'm ready for it. <laughs> my body it's ready. I feel he's going to have, I feel, um, going to have a lot of say in justice league too. Yeah. And just in, the in, uh, because he's, didn't he get jumped up to executive producer or something? Right. Yeah, he did.
0: So, I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I'm actually pretty, pretty pleased with it. I mean, I was thinking of waiting so long to get a Batman movie was kind of a bad idea. It was foolish. Yeah,
2: you know, and it's kind and and it kind of reminds me of what or makes me think about what Marvel's doing with Spider Man. Like they had a choice too. Look, there was a Spider Man movie out not too long ago. Sony put it out. It didn't do too well. Do we really want to jump a Spider Man movie real quick? And somebody in that office was like, "Fuck yeah, we do." Right. Because people are ready for it. They want to see what we are doing with the character and get that shit right. And I think that's the same way people feel about Batman because the real. A lot of people say, oh, you know, we just had the trilogy. Fuck them. The real fans know the trilogy was it. That was a side piece. It was Great movies, but they have nothing to do with the comic books as a whole. Absolutely. Because it's in its own little universe where Batman is the only superhero.
0: Right.
2: You know, so that's great. That's that's Batman's fever dream where he doesn't have to deal with anyone's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but now we're, we're dealing with the real deal shit. You know, and and it's time to fucking pump the damn gas. Fuck it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm curious to see how it turns out. That's it. So excited. And and that's a good thing. (laughs) All right. So on that note, uh that is the end of the headlines. Alright, so um, last week as I, you know as, as you know, I didn't have my pool list last week because I just was feeling like uber shit so um, so this week uh, Adam is unable to uh, give some give his selections for a pool list which actually works out okay because all the comics that I actually got this week or stuff that I wanted, I, I will talk about, and it won't be too long. Like I'm not going to spend 20 minutes on each one.
2: Because my I, reason, my reason was just I got, you know, errands and Christmas shop. I've just fucking ran out of time. He was just real really what I was. I was being a little bitch. He was. My priorities were all out of whack. <laughs> I, uh, I put my family first. I'm a uh, piece of shit. Yeah, you're a fucking piece guilt, of shit. Guilt, That's kill. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, one of the first issues I'm talking about is our new Nova book, which started this week with with Issue 1. And this one's written by Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez. Uh, Ramon Perez also did the artwork on this one. Uh, this actually deals with two members of the Nova Corps, which is interesting because um, as a hi- uh, Richard Ryder was a member of the uh, Nova Corps, And he was supposed to have been dead. He went up against Thanos and lost in a parallel dimension called the Cancerverse. But he was supposed to have been killed. But instead, he ended up turning up alive and well on his mom's doorstep. So he has no idea how he got there or why he's there. But at the same time, we also have Sam Alexander's um, Nova, Who's a member of the elite Black Nova Unit, and who is believed to have been the only member of the Nova Corps still alive? So, at this particular time in issue one, we're dealing with uh, we're dealing with Richard returning to returning home, and Sam kind of just being Sam. So, Richard's trying to figure out wh- how he ended up home. He's seen all these weird images, so he's not exactly sure what the hell's going on. But at the same time, you have Sam who is pretty much doing what he normally does. He's, you know, fighting aliens and then he's trying to be, you know, a high school, high school kid who can't talk for shit to girls. Um, and uh, so in this particular issue, he's trying to talk to a new girl in school, uh, but he gets distracted and ends up um, having to, he gets called away. And at that particular time, he he's like, "Well, wait." His Nova Corps sensors going off, and he's like, "But wait, I was supposed to be alone." And his dad was a member of the Nova Corps. It's basically his helmet that he has, so he thinks maybe his dad's back. Um, but at the same time, Richard is, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. He loved being a member of of the Nova Corps. So finally, at the end of the issue, he puts the helmet back on and ends up taking off and is just like, oh, my God, I so missed this. This is what he wanted. So he goes high up into the into the Earth's atmosphere, suddenly gets a sharp pain and ends up coming screaming back down to Earth. But he's not himself. He's slowly changing into something. And that's kind of where this issue actually ends. Um, It is basically a setup for both characters. Uh, and for those of you that if you read like champions or you were reading the all new, um, Avengers, he was part of that team until he quit recently due to civil war. Uh, good issue, really solid. It really kind of shows you, you know, his deal. And I've actually liked his character since he was reintroduced about a year or two ago. Um, so this issue I thought was actually really cool. Um, the artwork was really, was done really well. Still stylized, but at the same time, when he has this like imaginary dream, when he's trying to talk to this girl, he has this dream, this, you know, like quick dream of like all of um, the villains trying to hit her, on, hit on her. And he's trying to step up like, they're like, what do you care? You can't talk to her. He goes, I can talk to a girl. I can talk. to No problem. And then he cuts out of his little fantasy there. And the artwork changes at that point, which is actually really cool. So I liked it a lot. Thought it was fun. Um, definitely kind of curious to see what happens with Richard and what he's turning into. And um, so definitely, definitely um, picking up on that one. The next one is another issue one. It's from the Star Wars line called Dr. Aphra. Um, written by Kieran Gillen. Um, the character of Dr. Afra was introduced in the Darth Vader comic. And she was doing some... Uh, work for darth vader and at the end she turned on him and faked her own death to get away so now she thinks the empire won't be after or anything like that so now this book is starting to follow her her own adventures um i kind of was bummed because it didn't really grab me because i wasn't all that thrilled with the character because she's just like a a smart ass archaeologist she has two droids that are literally sociopaths um uh and um she has she has a wookiee um a wookiee partner and it it kind of seems like a in some ways it kind of feels like a cheaper han solo but with mm-hmm. a chick and i don't know it i know it's trying to expand the universe but i don't know i really don't see the draw to it like I don't really see anything that would really keep me going with this um you know right now she's just on a planet trying to um get this artifact and you know trying to make money off of it and she's kind of stuck on this planet for a little bit but it, it's just kind of it's it's not an overall and it sucks because I like Karen Gillen and he does really well as far as writing for the Star Wars stories like he ran um, he did the main Star Wars book and then the Darth Vader book which were really good but I think part of this for me is because there is no real um, attachment to the Star Wars universe like it right. takes place within the universe but it's not all that compelling to me I mean the artwork um, Kev Walker's artwork is is um, nice and clean uh, but all in all, I, I just didn't find it that much of a grab. I mean, I'll probably check out issue two, but if if nothing really pulls me, if there's nothing in there that really kind of like, oh, okay, cool, I'm probably going to just bail on the book. Um, Next one I want to talk about is Avengers number two. I think during either our break or when um, I was sick, uh, Avengers number one came out. Because I don't remember talking about this book, but it's by Mark Wade, who is a good writer. I like his stuff. He, and um, this is basically a new Avengers um, series that uh, deals with Thor, Vision, Hercules, Captain America, and Spider-Man. Oh, and Wasp as the new Avengers team. But they don't have a Stark Tower and anything like that. So uh, Peter Parker has given his Parker Industries Tower, their new headquarters. And in the first issue, they ended up um, coming into um, an issue with Kang. And early on in the all-new, all-different Avengers, Vision was taken over by Kang. And he turned against all the Avengers. And Vision has taken that personally and decided to go back in time and kidnap Kang as a baby and hide him to prevent him from doing committing all the atrocities he eventually does. Well, for those of you that know Kang, Kang is a time manipulator. He's a time traveler. So various versions of him are going back to try to find um, Kang as a baby, or Kang Prime as they call him. So they're attacking Vision and the Avengers. Well, at the end of issue one, Kang went back in time and murdered all of the Avengers as a baby. So, right. so, um, as they, in this issue, they end up in basically what's kind of a limbo. Um, but it's, it's in a limbo and they're placed there by another Kang. Because every time Kang makes a, fails it creates a new Kang so they have all these different Kangs that are coming in there this particular Kang knows the future knows what he's done and is actually wants to work with the Avengers to stop him so um they basically come around and realize that not all the Avengers are dead because he know because Kang knows the birth date and the origins of all of them Except for one, Hercules. Mm. Cause no one knows when Hercules was born. So Hercules is trying to find out what happened to the Avengers. So he goes ahead and um and uh and uh reunites with uh with uh Sybil and she finds where they are and finds out where the baby Kang is being held because Vision doesn't remember because he offloaded that information. So he could never be, you know, pried for that information to get, to find out where the baby Kang is. So he he finds out that it's basically in a temple in Vietnam. So the other Kangs found out where it was. So they're going to that and killing off all the, um, the basically like the priests in there that are there to protect the baby keep the baby um, from harm. so then Hercules goes over there to try to stop them and they come to realize um, the vision of that has all of the Avengers in limbo realizes that they can come back into the into the plane into this plane of existence but they have to stay close to um, Hercules and this amulet that he's wearing and as long as he stays close to them they will they can come back and they can't die because if they get too far away, then they get erased from existence. So it's That's some heavy
2: fucking reading. Man.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a really, really cool book. Um, they're fighting off all the Kangs, Um, and vision real realizes that he made a complete fucking mistake. And he's like, the baby has to go back. So they're like, he's
2: Marvel's Barry Allen.
0: Yeah, basically he's, he's, it's his flashpoint. And, um, <laughs> so what he does though, is he has to send, the wasp back in time to put the baby back in the crib and set the timeline right. So that's kind of where it ends right now because you have Vision, Hercules, Spider-Man, and um, Captain America fighting off all the other kings. So he sends um, her back in time to go ahead and put the baby back. So that's where we're left off on that one. So it's been a good issue. I like the first one. Second one got really, yeah, like you said, got really deep. So dug that one. I, I was really, really happy with that one. So, um, the next one that I wanted to talk about now, I'm doing. I'm doing basically six, which is my three and then Adam's three. Because when I read um, these six books, I liked them all. I liked them all, but it was tough to kind of figure out which three to do. So when Adam's like, "Well, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do my," like, "That's cool. I'll just throw these three up because I really want to talk about all of these." Yeah, it worked out good. <laughs> yeah. So this one here, you guys may remember a month ago, I talked about, um, the unworthy Thor. Um, and it's basically because we all know that, um, um, what's her name? Uh, uh, shit, I forgot her name, but there's another Thor rolling around. So the original Thor has been considered unworthy and is traveling around the cosmos on his cosmic goat. Um. At the end of, the, of at the end of the last issue issue number one, this is written by Jason Aaron and it's it's really kind of proven to be very interesting his um, at the end of issue one, an old friend of his who used to be an enemy Beta Ray Bill uh, told him that there was another hammer and but it was a hammer from a dead Thor which was it's a reference back to secret wars when there was a planet of various thors so one died and his hammer still is still on asgard but asgard's gone so um better ray bill decided wanted to give thor his hammer so he could do it but um thor was like no i i thanks but no cuz i'm unworthy and he's like you know but he goes like, "No, and I want you to have this." He goes, "No, I'm not worthy to have the hammer, but I thank you." But they start to get attacked, and he's like, "You know." And Better Ray Bill's like, "Well, I can't take them alone." He says, "I'm unworthy, but I'm not dead." <laughs> so <laughs> he gets he gets up there and he starts taking down these invaders, and eventually he makes it through another space to where he finds Asgard, and he actually finds the hammer. But he also finds on that planet the Collector. And the Collector shows him where the hammer is. So Thor wants to go and pick it up. But the Collector has other plans. The Collector decides he wants the hammer. So he takes out Thor. Or takes down Thor. So he can have the hammer. And he wants him to uh, leave the body so he quote unquote can find it. And they're like, you know, who? And then he's like, and then of course
2: Howard the Duck. Yeah. Oh. Uh
0: Thanos pops in at the end of the book asking to make a tribute. Um so obviously Thanos is gonna have something involved in there. So um it's it's quite layered and you know there's something else going on. So I actually kind of liked the second one because Thor is kind of showing that he's worthy by being unworthy, so I kind of dig it. So it's definitely keeping my interest, and I'm kind of like, well, how does the collector plan to wield that hammer? Because I'm pretty sure he ain't worthy. Um, mm. So we'll have to see what happens. That's what I was thinking too.
2: Yeah, it's like, how is he gonna pick it up? Yeah.
0: So he must have something coming along, but um, the other. The other comic that I want to talk about was Champions, which is basically kind of the kids version of the Avengers, which has Ms. Marvel, uh, Vivian, who's Vision's daughter, Miles Morales, uh Nova, Hulk, and the young um Scott Summers, Cyclops. And the young Scott Summers is the um we know I know Scott Summers. I know
2: Scott Summers is motherfucker. <laughs>
0: I'm telling everyone else because I know Scott Summers is actually the the adult is dead, um, but this is the one that was pulled from the past to the Dude, future. Dude, what is
2: Marvel doing these days?
0: Um, crazy shit, crazy shit.
2: They're doing some next level shit. Yeah.
0: So Mark Wade's the writer for this one, and Humberto Ramos is the uh, penciler, and artwork has always been clean on this one. I've kind of dug this one because it's really dealing with them as a bunch of teenagers. Basically, trying to reconnect with why they loved the the original Avengers, and if you haven't picked up this book um, before, it all stems from Civil War because basically, you know, you have Civil War where it's heroes fighting against heroes, and people are dying, and they're realizing that you guys aren't the reason we wanted to be this, and so basically, what they're doing is is they all quit the Avengers and decide to like you know what. We want to be what they were to us. So they want to be that positive image. Um, so this particular issue has them traveling to a Middle Eastern country um, where zealots are attacking a school full of girls because they're um, violating their their law by being intelligent, you know, because no one wants smart women around. Um, oh. So... You know, they're wanting to get them out of there. But the women are like, no, we don't want to go because they win. So they create a plan that's going to, um, for the Avengers or the, um, for the champions to help them, but at the same time maintain their ground. So it's, it's very much a, you know, uh, a story about, you know, what's going on in the world right now. Um, but it's actually really cool, done really well. Um, I thought handled in a, in a very, very, um, how should I say in a sensitive fashion, but at the same time, very telling. Um, so I thought it was really cool. The end is kind of, we- uh, it's kind of weird because, um, because I don't want to give that end away because it leaves for the next book, but I'm curious to see how that works out. But yeah, it, I thought... I've liked this book since the first two issues came out. So I'm, I'm really digging it. Um, (laughs) and it's funny too, because Amadeus who's, um, who's Hulk, uh, has a crush on Viv, who's Vision's daughter. And at the end of the last issue, she was saying how she hasn't experienced things that a normal teenager was. So everybody stumbles and finds her making out with Amadeus. And then at the end of, at the beginning of this issue, she was like, you know, you know, they show like his thought pattern is like a heart and stuff like that. Like he's totally digging it. And then she's like, you know, I've heard of stories where it's found stimulation and something. they're like, and? and she's like, no, <laughs> like, like it didn't phase her at all. Like, and you just see like his image, the, um, thought is her foot on his heart. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was cool like that. And then she's like, perhaps I need to try another gender. And Ms. Marvel's like, that ain't happening, lady. <laughs> so it was. A, it's a cool little issue. I dug it. I think it's fun. But at the same time, I think tells kind of com- a compelling stories. And lastly is, I know I've talked about this before, but the Amazing Spider-Man Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. Uh, Dan Slot's third issue. Um, I know I spoke about this before where Gwen Stacy rescued Spider-Man from the clones of all of his enemies uh, because they want um, what's his name Uh, the Jackal wants to fulfill Peter's promise of no one dies anymore so he's bringing back everyone including villains that have passed and trying to make them good but at the same time you have Scarlet Spider who's basically trying to stop this because in all these other universes, the Jackal or Warren and Peter Parker team up, and it always leads out to basically what comes down to a zombie apocalypse. So this is the last um, universe that that hasn't happened yet. So they finally, basically, what happens is they finally break down and tell Peter what's going on and how he's responsible. And he's like, "No, I would never." You know, they're like, "You and um, the Jackal team up." And you switch to Warren's side, and this happens. And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I i don't believe it. So, you know, the Kingpin is on, on Spider-Man's side because they tried to bring back Kingpin's wife. And, you know, the Kingpin don't play. And no. he was like, this isn't my wife, and breaks her neck. He's like, this isn't my wife. So, you know, he tells, you know, he offers Spider-Man help, By giving him the information. Um, So he goes to try to take down Warren or the jackal. And as he shows up, you know, him and the jackal kind of go hand to hand a little bit. But he's like, you know, um, uh, I'm no stronger or faster than you are. And he's like, but you need to stop because, you know, he's like, this is darker than red. It's um, he goes it's more about Scarlet and he pulls his mask off and it's Ben fucking Riley oh shit yeah he goes a brother from another blood cell and basically what he's saying is is that all of this is part of a plan and he needs Peter for this why? because he wants to bring back Uncle Ben mm. so you know Spider-Man's Achilles heel right there So, um, that series has actually been a lot better than I thought. I was kind of like, "Mm, I don't know. But, you know, Dan Slott's kind of done that to me before where I've always... Him and Brian Michael Bendis are always the two guys that I'm like, really? We're going to try that? Uh," And then I'm always pulled into the book later on. Yeah. So, um, I thought it was cool. I really liked it. All of those with the exception of the Star Wars one. I mean, I'm not going to tell you not to pick up the Star Wars one because if you want the expanded universe, cool, you might, you might like it, or if you dug her character in the Darth Vader book, which I don't know, I was kind of give or take. Um, you, know, uh, you know, check it out, but all of those books that I talked about are definitely worth the read. Um, like I said, The Unworthy Thor is in issue two, so you only have one issue back. Champions is only in issue three, and then uh, Doctor Afra and Nova are just starting one, and the Clone Conspiracy is in issue three. So, you know, these are all things you can pick up online, or you know, go to your comic store and pick them up. But um, yeah, so those are kind of my pull list for this week.
2: Those are all pretty solid sounding books.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was really kind of impressed with it when I read some more of them. I was like, oh shit, this one's actually really. I was like, fuck. Now, which one? Do, which one should I take off? And then you're like, "Oh, well, I'm be, I'm like, "Cool, I'll talk about all of these." And I don't have to make a cut. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I roll.
2: Yeah, buddy. <clears throat>
0: all right. <clears throat> so, on that note, I think it's time we go into some douchebaggery. All right. So my my douchebag of the week is, I, I guess I would have to say Amazon. Amazon, because apparently they don't know how to read a business report. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this comes from The Verge. And I'm just going to read it straight out. Um, Amazon would like us not to get carried away envisioning its plan for those futuristic cashier-free grocery stores unveiled on Monday. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, on our YouTube page, under the uh, technical playlist, or tech playlist, I have this on there for their cash-free grocery stores. Uh, Oh nice. Though a report from the Wall Street Journal indicated that Amazon eventually hopes to open 2,000 such stores, Amazon denied that this was true in a comment to CNET yesterday saying that it's absolutely not correct. We have no plans to open 2,000 of anything, the Amazon spokesperson said. Not even close. We're still learning. That certainly indicates that a wide rollout of these stores isn't in the immediate future, but that wasn't exactly what the journal said. In the, in, it wrote that Amazon's 2,000 store rollout was dependent on, quote, the success of the new test locations. So it's entirely possible that Amazon doesn't currently have plans to open 2,000 stores, but that it is in fact eyeing such a possibility. The journal's story is backed up by a Business Insider report from October, which said that the publication had viewed internal documents indicating that Amazon believes the U.S. could support 2,000 of its own grocery stores. However, the report indicated that Amazon was only interested in opening 20 of those stores in the next two years. Responding to Amazon's denial, the journal said, We're confident in our sources and stand by our original reporting. In a follow-up article, its sources continue to confirm Amazon's vision of building out 2,000 stores should the test be successful. The store's concept launched last week with a single location in Seattle closer in size to a convenience store. Its main attraction is the promise of being completely free of lines by removing the need for checkouts. Instead, the store will use cameras, sensors, and other tracking tech to identify which item a shopper has picked up and will automatically charge them to a person's Amazon account when they leave. The journal also said that Amazon is working on a drive-through model which would not include in-store shopping as well as a large discount chain type of store with up to 40,000 square feet of space. Amazon told CNET that it has no plans to build the latter model of the store, though it didn't seem to comment on the drive-through plans. The journal reports that these two that two of those stores will be ready within the next few years. And my thing on this is that because I did read that original report from the Wall Street Journal and it did state that they could, you know, that they could have 2000 stores, but it all depends on, you know, how the tests work out. So it's kind of like, you know, Amazon's doing what most people do focusing on one particular part of the sentence and not the whole thing. So, I mean, to me it would have been more of a of a better result of like, well, we don't have plans to roll out too. That seems a bit much, but yeah, if you know locations do do well, we could expand, and it could eventually you know up two. But we're not, you know, we're not. Fi- it's not a fixed number or what have you. But to say we're not opening two thousand of anything is like, well, they didn't really say that.
2: Yeah, like don't jump the gun, yeah. especially from such a big company like that. They have a committee that reads these fucking. These news reports—it's not just some dude right. with an Amazon baseball cap on. Yeah,
0: it's like <laughs> they go, "Oh man, they're gonna open like two thousand of these." These motherfuckers
2: then, talking shit. And then, and
0: then it's gonna be like, you know, like five thousand, and then like a million by the end of 2017. You know, it's like the it, fuck. <laughs> I mean, they didn't even give a time frame as to when these would, you know, you know when these were gonna actually work out. So I was like, um, okay, you know, it's. it's It's part of that, um, you know, I was like, oh, is this part of that fake news bit? Is that what they're trying to do?
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, mine isn't necessarily, I want to say something before I say it, because this is douchebag of the week, you know, whatever. None of the people involved in this are douchebags. I just thought it was such an oddball article that I had to bring it, to the attention of the class, <laughs> okay. Um, now, remember that show, um, Dirty Jobs?
0: Yeah, Mike Rowe.
2: Where, yeah, right. First of all, I love that dude. That dude's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, he used to go. If, for those who don't know, he would go to like the people who keep bridges from falling apart, or um, people who would like clean sewers fucking and shit, clean yeah. sewers, like jobs no one wanted to do. But we all reap the benefits of, right? Um, and and I I feel that being a porn star fits that. I'm surprised he didn't do an episode. No, he probably
0: he probably be like,
2: no, I'd like that too much, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because honestly, it looks like it would be fun, but from all accounts, it's not always fun, right? Like, it's hot lights. It's surrounded by millions of people. Cameras in weird places. Cameras and everything. The makeup's all fucked up. Just everything is, you know, there's chafing involved, probably. (laughs) You know, it's just... But we reap the benefit,
0: And and I'm sure the craft services is just shit.
2: You know what I mean? And, God forbid you're a dude in porn. You get treated like shit. Because no one cares about the dude. Right, (laughs) right. You know, and I don't either. So... (laughs) This is just a funny article, but uh, Huffington Post, of course. If a former actor or former reality star can be elected president, why not a porn actress? More importantly, what would a porn star do if elected to the nation's highest office? That's the question porn company Woodrocket. Nice. Recently (laughs) asked adult film stars for its ongoing Ask a Porn Star series. Now, I've seen a couple of these uh, Ask a Porn Star and there's no nudity in them or anything. It's just there's it's an actress, usually, a uh, porn star actress, who they ask normal questions. They don't really ask and it's just interesting. My the the coolest part about this series is that I feel porn stars even more so than actresses in regular movies. <laughs> you you disassociate them as someone that would have something to say right because in the not only are they fucking on camera right you know and you're only really you're not thinking of them as an intellectual being but the things they usually say in porn don't exactly resonate a high iq you know (laughs) it's usually like oh give it to me harder you know that's like that's like the longest sentence you're gonna get you get a couple gems though uh, that can do that fucking little acting bit in the beginning, right? <laughs> That's really funny. And then they lose anyway. the winters
0: later on, you know?
2: right? Um, sometimes you don't have to fast forward through that if you get a really good actress, you mm-hmm. know. So, top priorities for the women included creating jobs, ensuring healthcare for all, and protecting the environment. But actress Leia Falcon. Uh, Brought up an an issue That's typically less discussed In federal politics She wants to make America great again For cats (laughs) "Quote: I'd want to make sure That all of the cats have a home And people to love them and treat them right She said laughing I mean the people too But the cats Now I know the gut reaction is for people to go That's so stupid But I read that and was like That is so fucking adorable Right for a porn star <laughs> right. to say, "I just want all the cats of the world to have a home," just sweet, you know. And not everyone would want the job. Georgia Georgia Jones believes she is constitutionally unfit to hold office, her constitution that is, not the country's. <laughs> <laughs> In politics, you have to be a certain person to do it. She said, "You have to be a self interested person." Who has a very low moral compass, and that's just not me. A fucking, there's two things with that. A porn star just said she has a higher moral compass than poli- politicians. Right. That's the first thing. The second thing is I fucking believe her. Oh yeah, totally. Okay, she's doing the Lord's work for one. Let's be honest now. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I have this in the article. They have a you know also on Huff It's porn stars and ugly sweaters. It's just a really cute chick in a really dumb sweater with a thumbs up and a big smile. You know, I think we should really respect the porn stars a little bit more. Okay? Actresses. (laughs) Okay? Not the guys, though.
0: Right, right. The girls.
2: Really, guy porn stars are just life support systems for the hot dick we need to make the girls happy. (laughs) <laughs> Let's be on it wow. Because and you know what the proof of that is mm. Is you There's videos Of of female porn stars Just sitting on a machine that fucks them Yeah that's true And it gets just as many views And makes just as much money Because no one fucking cares About the dude <laughs> There's a couple dudes Like Ron Jeremy you know, yeah. Back in the day you know. But that was before the technology Of the fucking machine Right you know, so who knows how he would have fared today? Um, I don't know why I'm convinced, trying to convince everyone that porn stars are people too, but
0: <laughs> because the sad part
2: is, is most people don't. It was funny when I lived in LA, um, and I'm sure Steve knows this, but I used to install cable, and I installed cable in uh, for Time Warner in Chassworth a lot, and Chassworth is porn capital of the United States. That's mm-hmm. where they film. Pretty much all of them. Right. And um, I Damn. did do a house that I walked in. Nothing was had. wasn't like I walked in on a fucking scene. Like that would be weird for anything.
0: Like, why is this going on? You're like, going, oh, OK. And you just immediately take off your pants. <laughs> just start and jump laying
2: cable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's that kind of party. OK. <laughs> um, but there were th- like two very attractive women in the kitchen just talking. And there was like a set and it was weird because the bed was in the dining room. Like I don't know, they they just didn't use the bedroom or something. And um, probably because they're renting the house from someone, oh. they have to bring their own bed. Yeah. Like you could fuck on your own bed. Don't be <laughs> getting yeah. in. My... Um, and it was just it was a surreal kind of thing for me because you know I'm from Boston, I was living in Arizona, and and there were there were a lot of moments in L.A. where I was kind of like, what the fuck? Like where I went to Hollywood and. It's just weird for that world to actually exist, right? You know, and I was there, and these girls were talking like normal chicks, like nothing wrong, you know. Just like, oh, what did you do this weekend? You know, they weren't they weren't like, oh, I was fucking this, you know. They weren't being crazy, right? You know, they're being normal, right? And there's a couple dudes, a couple dudes catching a smoke outside, you know, whatever, just normal shit. And I realized it was one of those rare moments where I realized that my perception of these people was never correct i never really thought about it right. but i always just considered them to be whores all the time before <laughs> that moment you know like they were just fucking all the time you know like, and and so then slowly, i
0: slowly slowly started to get realizing you're like i could i could be with a porn star right <laughs> you know and then
2: i thought <laughs> both of them no i'm just kidding um but then, well, it, then was, it was you know
0: then i said excuse me ladies i need to lay
2: some cable <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did think about that too um <laughs> but it was this surreal moment that I, like a growing moment for me. And I know it sounds so stupid, but I, I went back to my van, you know, <laughs> to go to the next job. <laughs> my panel, man. I, 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 I
0: was like, I went back to my panel, man. <laughs> and
2: I went back to my, and I just sat there for a second. And I was like, born stars are people too. <laughs> like that was kind of the, the message. And now anytime someone brings up, like if they say, oh, like, Porn stars are all fucking whores. They love it. I'm like, hey, now come on. You know, they're just doing their job. Like I literally <laughs> do that now. <laughs> LA changed me, man. <laughs> you know, for the better.
0: Well, I think I got the title for the uh, podcast.
2: Porn stars of people too. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, of course there probably are some poor stars that are just whores all the time. But yeah. you know. Yeah, and you those, never
0: assume. And those are the ones I date. <laughs> <laughs>
2: These girls are fucking smoking too. Yeah. Like this, this was a triple a porn that they were filming. Oh <laughs> my was, God.
0: There was no amateur in this shit. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> there was no B roll. There was that I'm like, this is some, this is some straight naughty America shit. <laughs> like I was like, hmm.
0: yeah, there were no blemishes on these chicks.
2: <laughs> there really weren't. And it, they weren't even heavy on the makeup. I think I got like, they were going to film. It looked like they were going to film later. <laughs> the dude the dudes were setting up the lights oh, right. stuff and the girls were like like their purses were right next to them like they had just got there <laughs> and they were drinking water like like both of them had a bottle of water
0: did you um, did you ever see orgasmo
2: no oh
0: it's... oh wait did I
2: the, uh... no I didn't I did I saw a clip of it on YouTube yeah never th-
0: like uh, um like Matt like a Matt stone not Matt stone uh Trey Parker um He's a Mormon, and then he gets drafted into the into the porn industry. Uh, Ron Jeremy's in it. A bunch of other porn stars are in it, and um, they hire him because he can do all of these like like he can do these roundhouses just so that he can be this superhero orgasmo. But every time it comes to the sex scenes, they always have somebody else. So they always shout out stunt cock, stunt cock. <laughs> I think like, that would be you. Yeah, I was like the stunt cock is here. That's right. Because <laughs> there was one That's part. Right. There was one part where, you know, Trey Parker, you know, he's tall, white, thin, and they're like stunt cock, stunt cock. So this other guy comes in, kind of medium build. I mean, kind of medium height, kind of heavy black dude, goes in and is the stunt cock. And the director kind of looks, looks at the his assistant. and goes does that look right to you? And then he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. guess, you know, <laughs> Trey Parker's as white as white can get. And then they bring in some like heavyset black guy to be his stunt cock.
2: <laughs> I could, I could never be a porn star, dude. Real talk. Nah,
0: I'd be, I'd be run out of the business because it'd just be too damn good.
2: That's right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> No, I could. I, like. I don't know. Like, it sounds corny as fuck. But sex to me is that's a private moment. Like, I don't need to. I we don't need to film it. You know, Pussy. maybe, <laughs> maybe if I was. But see, that's the thing. But the guys don't even get paid that much. So you know when talks about the inequality and pay structure of porn. <laughs> you know, no, the guys like, barely get paid anything, and they probably do more work because there isn't as many guys.
0: Yeah.
2: As there is girl. Well, they always These dudes say that are, if
0: you're if you. To get it for guys to get in there. If you're like connected with
2: the girl, you can get in that way. Like yeah, like if, if you're a homie or something like right, that. Right. But see, being a porn star, being a porn star as a girl's problem is comes with its own complications. Of course, right. you know what I mean. But as a dude, it's almost like you're just not having fun because you have to concentrate the whole time. Because no one wants to finish too early with a fucking porn star. And then you're, and then you're, you're literally fucking a professional. So you better bring your fucking a game. You know what I mean? Like, don't be fucking coming in, just oh, you know, I'm just gonna fuck her and then bounce. Yeah, no, motherfucker, really? this ain't a booty call. Like she's, she'll probably literally tell you, you fucking suck.
0: <laughs> you're going at it, and you're just like, no, at the bat Manny
2: Mota, pitching. <laughs> you know, you're thinking sports huh? stats and shit. Right. <laughs> It's like, why does he fuck? In every scene, he's got his eyes shut really tight. <laughs> <laughs> I look, if I make eye
0: contact with her, I'm done. Uh, you're,
2: you're you're eye, your
0: it. eye kind of opens a little bit.
2: <laughs> like, I can only imagine. Like, there's porn. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I've watched some porn in my day. Let's be honest. And there's those porns where it's like the guy's holding the camera and the chick is blowing them. Right, Right. And she's doing all these fucking tongue acrobatics and she's looking up the whole time. I bet you that dude ain't even fucking looking at her. I guarantee it.
0: He's got got the Samsung VR shit and he's like, oh, this is fucking cool. (laughs) Can you stop saying that out loud? We're getting it on camera.
2: (laughs) He's probably holding the camera down gets that position just because you notice the camera never moves right You're the camera in that perfect position and then looking up right <laughs> because if you were looking at that yeah that scene ain't lasting that long i don't give a fuck who you are because because honestly let's let's be real here at least 99 percent of women who aren't porn stars do not suck your dick the way a porn star sucks a dick they right. suck a dick like it's a crack rock like <laughs> This shit ain't happening in real life. By the way, this show is not for children. Um, <laughs> little disclaimer. The uh,
0: the views expressed on this podcast are not... Uh, <laughs>
2: I endorse all my views. I don't give a fuck.
0: Well, um, see, maybe what I had said about like 10 minutes ago... Like, <laughs> I
2: haven't said anything wrong. Porn stars are people too. <laughs> um, porn stars suck the best dick. <laughs> And, and, if, and guys if your girlfriend don't get paid as much, if, and if your girlfriend
0: sucks <laughs> sucks like a porn star,
2: how did she get that way? That's white material. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing too. Yeah. You ever you ever you ever had sex so good that at the end you do have that moment where you are like, where'd she learn that <laughs> shit? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait
0: a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, something. Sometimes you are sometimes like, whoa, wait, how'd that happen?
2: In high school, I was getting, I was getting, I was getting head. You know. Real good too, like almost by one of those with your eyes rolling to the back of your head, like <laughs> the fuck? and then afterwards I kinda sat there and she was, you know, getting dressed and I was kinda looking at her and she couldn't see me and I'm thinking to myself, like, how many dicks this bitch sucked to get to point?
0: <laughs> I better be I better be going to the clinic tomorrow. <laughs> let, me, let
2: me let me go to the clinic right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in fact, I'm I'm going I'm 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 there now like in spirit. I'm, already I'm not there. at the
2: clinic. I'm at the emergency room. Like <laughs> I need all the tests. We right. get a CAT scan of yeah. my shit,
0: MRI, and all that. Ain't gonna. It don't matter. I need don't matter. To have
2: that. I need an e- echo echogram. Just start naming off stupid uh, shit. Uh, <laughs>
0: uh, and I need those paddles that George Clooney uses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, no.
2: Fuck the paddles man. I don't need no paddles uh, I need a shot of adrenaline into my fucking nut sack Just in case Ooh, What uh, would that do Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh man Anyway
0: <laughs> uh, So that was our court mandated um, Educational portion of our podcast <laughs> Welcome
2: Porn stars are people too And stand up for male porn stars Pay <laughs> You know what? Fuck! They don't deserve as much money. I'm not. No one watches the porn for the dude. I'm sorry. (laughs) Waited. Even girls watch porn for girls. Yeah, that's true. All
0: right. Well, that is it for this episode. (laughs) Please rate, review, share our podcast. Most importantly, review the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, YouTube, and Stitcher. So those reviews will increase our exposure on those sites. And also, you know, remember, porn stars are people too. Follow us mm-hmm. on Facebook, Facebook.com slash The Lazy Geeks, or search us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat by using the Lazy Geeks one word. You can find links to all our social media hubs through our site, thelazygeeks.com. You can also find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middleage geek, Instagram, middleage underscore geek, or check out my blog, middleagegeek.com.
2: And if you see a porn star on the street, give him a head nod, a knowing head nod. Right. And show some fucking respect. Do the Lord's work, okay? <laughs> just saying. I'm on Twitter at sapientlg uh, If you want to talk about the uh, complexities of the porn industry, <laughs> or if you're, a, and,
0: or if you're a porn star, let us know about the. Wouldn't it be crazy?
2: Wouldn't it be crazy after this conversation? Because I'm talking about pe- porn stars being people too, and so and I honestly do believe that of course, people are just people. You know, who cares what they do for a living? Right, but. It'd be weird if like a bunch of porn stars started hit me up on Twitter. I'd be, I'd be like, suavemente. <laughs> <laughs> I I would show everybody look at my Twitter feed, bro. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Show it, I fight show for it to your
0: wife, Show it to your wife and go. I got options. <laughs>
2: I'll show it to my wife and be like, because I fight for the common man and woman. You understand? <laughs> I use my platform for justice. <laughs>
0: I use it for to fight for equality. That's right
2: uh, and One of the smallest minorities <laughs> They don't for have a penny- voice <laughs> For only pennies a day <laughs> You too I give a voice to the voiceless <laughs> That would be great
0: uh, And be sure to tune in on Friday For the cheap seats The Star Wars Holiday Special mm. Yeah it's just as bad as it sounds
2: I told him he's never allowed to bring it up after today. <laughs> after
0: no today. Way. That's it. It's done. All right. That is, for, that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out.